0: So thank you all for joining us at one pm. on Monday. Dragon Con is not over as this crowd proves. Um, I don't need to introduce Tim on, but we can give him a round of applause. Oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> Who hit the New York Times bestseller list again with treason yes. and also won the Dragon Award for alliances last night. Yes. congratulations. Thank you. So, just to start off, last year, at Dragon Con if you were at the Thrawn panel, I asked a question about how Thrawn would get along with Director Krennic, and Tim, being elusive Tim, who never li- he never lies, correct? He said, "There's a book there. That's all I'll say." And I said, "I'll buy fifty copies." I did not buy fifty copies of okay. Treason, but I did buy several. <laughs> so,
1: okay, good enough
0: So yes, three Don't months. Don't right, you. Yes, three months later, they announced Treason, and I said that's the book i asked him about so yes we i have... don't write
1: that fast i will admit <laughs> no. it was in the works
0: and that's exactly what i said i'm like he had written that book already <laughs> <laughs> so yeah when we last saw thrawn in alliances he was trying to get along with darth vader yep. um now we have him in treason trying to play nice with director krennic so he can get funding for his TIE Defender program. Um, the dynamic between Thrawn, Krennic, and Tarkin is very interesting. How did you go about writing them, and just what sort of... I mean, obviously I'm assuming you watched a lot of Rogue One and took yeah. that into while you were writing this.
1: It, I mean, largely you, you have the dynamic between Tarkin and Krennic from Rogue One, as you said. It's simply then a matter of putting Thrawn into that mix, who doesn't have the political savvy and backstabbing capability of the other two, and just seeing how they attempt to manipulate him. uh, And it never works out the way people who try to manipulate Thrawn think it's going to. We are still trying to get Del Rey to make buttons that say, it's Thrawn, you only think you're winning. (laughs) They, they they agree it's a good idea, but uh, haven't quite figured out how and when to do that.
0: <laughs> yes, ribbon, there we ribbon. go. <laughs> so, we also met several other Imperial leaders, mm-hmm. Grand Admiral Savit and Moff Haviland, who yes. are also brought into this scheme. What were your inspirations for those characters and their interactions
1: with Thrawn? Well, Haviland was somebody that had shown up somewhere else. I, it, it, uh, it was a male uh, governor in, it was in Wikipedia. I don't remember if it was coming from one of the books, comics, or whether it was something they just came up with for the, the, uh, uh, the encyclopedia. Um, Delray is always on me to do, uh, you know, put as many females in as possible, which I'm good with, but I don't want to necessarily do bad women like, you know, Haviland wound up being, um, spoilers Spoilers. Hmm?
0: Spoilers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well she's a relatively minor character but um so okay we can we can gender swap and then i went back and oh wait a minute the character is is male in the encyclopedia so we spackled that by making her the daughter of the original one and that worked out very well uh was just um we've I specified in the Thrawn trilogy we had 12 Grand Admirals, and we've only really seen Thrawn. I think there are a couple of others who have shown up in some of the uh, other books or comics, and uh, Star Wars Adventure Journal, I think, made a list of the 12 at one point, which is now, you know, Legends, so we don't know, and presumably you'd swap out as somebody got or got kicked out of the the Navy, as Palpatine probably is wont to do. Uh, We could swap them out, so it's it's not technically a a contradiction. And I thought it would be good to see another Grand Admiral here to know that Thrawn is the most famous, because that's the one I write about, but there are others out there with the equal amount of uh, authority and power, and just see what we can do with somebody else thrown into the mix as well. And this guy's much better at politics than
0: Thrawn is, too. I really liked their uh, their their dinner, the worst dinner party ever, with with all of them. <laughs> yes. um, and Savit is he's a, a composer. He he yeah. he knows music. Yeah. So that was very interesting to see Thrawn sort of analyze someone not with art, but a, a different kind of
1: art. Yeah. Well, as as I've pointed out to people, people have said to me at at various points, you know, why doesn't Thrawn get a culture through its legends or its myths or its, you know, music or whatever? The problem is there are too many filters in any of those. Music, what did Beethoven actually intend for the Eurorica symphony? Well, we get it filtered through the, the conductor, the orchestra, whoever's playing it, they're interpreting what's on the page. Uh, legends or myths, he would have to either read in the, uh, know the original language or have to read it in translation. So again, another filter. Art is just there. You can look at the actual piece of art without any filters at all. So it would be somebody, it would be an extraordinary set of circumstances to where he could pick up from uh, music or, you know, if he knew the language, legends or myths would work but most of those aren't going to be as useful for him as the visual arts.
0: So another new character we meet in this book is assistant director Briarly Ronan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it was your intention, but I immediately wanted to smack him as soon as he was introduced. <laughs> um, he has a... I love that he has a half cape because... Yes, he's, he's an not,
1: assistant director. yeah,
0: yes. And that there's like a... Joke going around the Imperial uh, Navy that Krennic makes all of his people wear capes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, Krennic
1: is not one who's going to inspire 100 percent loyalty and respect from people, as you probably have guessed. So there's certainly going to be all of these. Yeah, we don't like him. We don't like what he does, and that's a feat. And no, it's not the same as Vader. You know, Vader can can pull that off.
0: <laughs> but Ronan, don't
1: anger Vader.
0: Yeah, Ronan does sort of, like, idolize him above everyone else, even to the point where he's sort of bad-mouthing the Emperor, which you don't really want to do when you're in Imperial. So what was your inspiration for that character and his interactions with Thrawn? Because he's sort of set to, like, spy on them.
1: We haven't seen anybody that's so complete a toady as, <laughs> as, uh, as uh, Ronan is, and... um Part of what I wanted to do, and part of part of the uh, his point of view, he will talk about Thrawn, he'll talk about Savage, he'll talk about Palpatine. It is always Director Krennic. He always thinks of him in terms of his title as well. That's one of the the, the little, yeah, this guy has no respect for anybody except Krennic. He's the genius. He's you know, uh, the guy is completely brainwashed, self brainwashed, whatever. But he is the loyal, loyal uh, servant to the max. And um, actually, I got a line when when I first sent the outline in. Uh, it was either Lucasfilm or my editor said, you know, I really didn't realize I needed to see this kind of toady until now. But, yeah, I, I really want to see them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was the I mean, the Empire has it's not everybody's dissatisfied with their. Obviously, have to be a lot of people who are happy with the way things are going, and he was going to be kind of an extreme example of that, you know my director can do no wrong; he's the one who's holding the empire together, Palpatine may be driving, but he's the one who's you know actually controlling it
0: and he um so we finally get the answer to where's Eli? We've been very worried yes. about him um you shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I mean. It, well, we'll find out. Like, maybe. <laughs> hopefully. Um, so he has been sent off to the Chiss. Um He's. We find. At the end
1: of Thrawn, Yes, novel. at the end
0: yeah. of Thrawn. We find out why, but we will not spoil. It's very cool. Um, so Ronan does not like Eli because.
1: He's a deserter.
0: He's a deserter.
1: As far as anything Ronan knows, he disappeared, went AWOL, and now his. Working with an enemy or a potentially enemy species in navy,
0: yeah, so their interactions were really interesting, and the fact that they ended up having to work together, I was really glad to see that because that dynamic was very fun to play with yes
1: and um, and it's always fun when they they both hate this situation, but they actually do work really reasonably well together
0: right so now that Eli is um is withdrawn again. How has his opinions of Thrawn changed since he's been with the Chiss? And what does Thrawn. Does Thrawn still have the same opinions of Eli, or does he. Have his opinions changed as well?
1: I am guessing that the way Eli has been accepted by Arlani and the Chiss will raise Thrawn's opinion. Of Eli which was all which was pretty high to begin with he recognizes Eli's abilities and talents obviously as you find out at the end but the fact that he is able to function here this is essentially the flip side of what Thrawn himself has done Thrawn has been the alien in the Empire Eli is the alien among the chiss so Thrawn understands the challenges even though you know the chiss are much more honorable than a lot of the Empire is it's still tricky to fit yourself into this and earn their respect. So the fact that, and Thrawn obviously respects Arlani's opinions, so the fact that she has accepted Eli will raise his opinion. Eli's opinion of Thrawn is going to stay with the, I I understand him, I trust him, I don't know if I'm his friend, if I'm just a subordinate, but he is willing to trust that i don't know everything but i trust on has a reason has a purpose that i am not just a a tool or something i am something somebody important to him and to the chiss and i'll just go with that until i find out until i learn if and when i learn differently
0: and how has eli's stay with the chiss affected his view of the empire as a whole
1: Ah, uh, I mean it's part of his view of the empire is the same as Thrawn's. That he will I'm sure he recognizes the problems. I mean he's seen the incompetent officers and politicians as well his as, as he's seen the competent ones. His opinion will be the same similar to Thrawn's, that this is for whatever reason Thrawn has allied himself with this group. Again, I have to trust and he will have had conversations and hints of the the enemy out in the Unknown Regions and recognizes with Thrawn that the Empire is the group that we have to work with right now. And we have to stay with it. We have to guide it. We have to ha- get it ready for facing this problem.
0: So we have three new books now. So basically yeah. a new Thrawn trilogy. How has Thrawn changed over these three books that you've written
1: i think he i mean i see him as the same character we had before what you had in the original trilogy is he is in command he is undisputed master of what's left of the empire nobody is questioning his abilities or his orders in this new trilogy and where i I need a fourth book or something so we can have a tetralogy (laughs) and not confuse things we may have to go with Thrawn Trilogy and the Thrawn Imperial trilogy. We'll work out the, we'll work this out. Sweet
0: Delray. Work this out
1: in <laughs> yeah, we'll work this out in post. Um so he is having to prove himself, he's having to deal with people who can give him orders that may may or may not be good orders or competent people, etc. Um so he has he has learned how to work though presumably he learned how to do that when he was back in the ascendancy, but he's learned how to work with people that may or may not recognize his abilities. Um, so he has, he has gotten more comfortable with the empire over the three books, but he is still under authority. He's under you know the, the emperor in some level. Krennic is running things here. He's under a certain amount of authority or at least watchfulness from, uh, Ronan, um, so his his ability to do things is still blocked in certain ways he he can't doesn't have free rein to what he wants to do
0: and that was one of the things i found really interesting about these three books is that it although Thrawn is the same character um and you've mentioned before you you were writing him as the same character just at a different time period that the way the other characters view him yeah. is so different so it seems not just, like, the same the same books we read before. He's... No,
1: no. I mean, you don't want to go over the same territory again. People, w- when I was writing Thrawn, people were saying, is Pelion going to be there? And no, because the dynamic in this era between Thrawn and Pelion would be very different. If you're going to do a different dynamic, you might as well bring in a new character, uh, aside from the fact that recycling all the same characters makes the, the galaxy smaller. Um Let's get a new dynamic, a new character, and work with them. And then I've got that person to work with, as in Eli and Commodore Pharaoh.
0: And we do get Pelion back in this book in a a little way, which I thought was a really interesting sort of nod to
1: Well, the last three minutes of uh, Season 4 of Rebels were— Those were
0: very rude, because I was like, wait, Pelion— Oh, he's dead. Oh, wait, no, he that, might not be dead. Well, he's not
1: <laughs> aboard the, the Chimera. Right. He's on aboard another ship, so.
0: And I think Dave has said, if Thrawn survived, then Pelion probably survived too. And I said, okay, good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the way we've got it, you know, it's, it, it works out well. But Dave, okay, you've mentioned Pelion Great. <laughs> Someone else I can put into a book. In fact, I think he said something of that sort. I needed to have some captain. Might as well put in Pelly, maybe somebody can use him.
0: Yep. <laughs> you <laughs> think, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Pharaoh. Pharaoh mm-hmm. is my favorite character of all the books so far. Thank you. I love her. Um,
1: she is, by the way, my answer to ho- Hollywood has this vision or v- view that strong woman means Black Widow means you know, a woman who can you know kick button, take names. Strong women come in all different flavors. Pharaoh is a strong woman, even though you never see her shoot anybody or fight, because she is commanding respect. She is competent. She is loyal. She is willing to risk herself for her people. This is... She's another leader I would follow. Right.
0: Uh, I would trust her. And she... Obviously, Thrawn trusts her a lot. She... A lot of the books, she's very frustrated, because she... It's it's sort of like when you have a teacher and you want them to think well of you, but you're still not sure how mm-hmm. you're doing, if they if they really like you or not, and Thrawn is so distant that yep. you never really get that warmth, you know. So she she sort of wonders, Am I doing the right thing staying here? Is um so how does their relationship sort of affect her growth and her standing in the well empire. you're
1: right there are some questions that are brought up early in the book that she doesn't have answers to until the end of the book and part of what i see as her strength is i don't understand this seems like a a betrayal at least a small betrayal but that doesn't matter he's my commander i am obligated to obey him to the best of my ability to serve him as, as I'm serving the Imperial fleet. And that is, okay, I don't, I don't understand, but this is my job and I'm going to do it. And the fact, I, I mean, she doesn't necessarily notice, but you, the reader, is notice. He gives, he teaches her, he instructs her, he was giving her, okay, problem, talking of, yeah, he out, asks her a questions a lot and, he is, and
0: wants her to figure it out herself. And
1: that, as we've seen in the other books with Pelion, with Eli, these are teachable people. If they are teachable, if they want to learn, he will take the time and effort to teach. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Pharaoh recognizes on a conscious level that this makes me special, that he is taking the time to run me through this logic, to teach me how he sees things, how he comes to conclusions, I'm sure on a subconscious level she's noticed it because he doesn't deal like that with everybody. But we also have, at the same time she's having questions and small doubts about Thrawn, she is completely supported by her subordinates. They are extremely loyal to her. She has got that rapport with the bridge crew, and you see that a lot as well.
0: That was one of the things I really liked too, is because we got other female characters on the, yeah. in the bridge crew as well. Which, going back to you know, Heir to the Empire, it seemed like everyone on the bridge was a man, and now I'm like, oh, look at all these great women we have. This, this is a
1: weird situation because I am continually being pushed by uh, Jen Heddle and the in story group and such to put more women in. Though my argument is, in the movies, we don't see that, right. which in some ways. I like this as a setup because a misogynistic empire shooting itself in the foot by cutting out half of its potential uh, quality pool mm-hmm. by not bringing them in. So I'd like that. Okay. I'm happy to bring in women. I like having the dynamics between women and between the women and men and such. And then you come to movies like Rogue One where you've got Jen, who's a strong woman. But as they're infiltrating the imperial base, she's infiltrating with a guy who's got a three-day beard <laughs> who clearly is out of uniform, but she's the one with a full-face mask. <laughs> so it seems like the books are pulling one direction, the movies are pulling the other direction. I, I think we have a little bit of schizophrenia <laughs> in what's going on between with, between the groups. I
0: like to think that the books are sort of making up for the...
1: I, we're trying. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So um, what do you see for Pharaoh in the future? In um, She's not with, I I, I want to spoil exactly what happens, but she's not with Thrawn at the right. end of Rebels. She doesn't get sent off with the space wheels. Right. So,
1: You're called Pergil, by the way.
0: I <laughs> it calms me. Yeah. Um, so what do you see for her going through the Empire and considering how the Empire ends up, would she be someone who would kind of, go along with the peace treaty? Would she go to the First Order? How? What do you see of her future? Or can we expect another book of this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, before the inevitable question,
0: everything <laughs>
1: after Season 4 of Rebels is locked down at the moment. Dave Filoni has first crack at that era. As far as I know, Dave has not decided what, if anything, he wants to do with Thrawn and Ezra. Um, until he decides I can't do anything in that era, I I suggested to my editor um, that, okay, how about I start a novel set in an indefinite future, and I start it with, and so Thrawn and Ezra Bridger said their farewells, good riddance, and go on. I got the kind of reaction you'd expect. Yeah, that's not going to fly. If Felony decides, or when he decides what he wants to do. If we get enough detail, there may be a place I can slip a book into his timeline. But until then, um, that part is really blocked off for me. Unless, and please do not take this as a hint or anything else. This is, <laughs> no, this is this is purely speculation because Del Rey recognizes that that era is blocked too. So let me just ask. How many people would be interested in a book with Aralani, Eli Vanto, possibly Pharaoh, and the Chiss? In other words, a, a Thrawn book without Thrawn. Yes. Does, it, does it need Thrawn to anchor it? <laughs> okay. Again, this is just, we, we've discussed this. They'd like to keep the momentum going, but you know, if I can't have Thrawn there, can I do anything else? Just as a sidelight, uh something Pablo Hidalgo meant to suggested years ago, which would also be cool, is get a bunch of Star Wars artists to do alien artwork for a coffee table book and thrawn's analysis. Yes. So <laughs> the problem the problem with that, of course, is A expense, you know, B it costs more to put out full full uh, color thing, see the whole herding cats thing of getting these artists you know, <laughs> lined up. Someone said that's it's more like herding fish. They move very slowly. <laughs> um, so those are about the only things we could do post-Rebels you know, and post-Thrawn Treason. Uh, so we're hoping to get something. Um, again, the problem is Filoni is working on the last season of Clone Wars overseeing star wars resistance doing whatever he's doing with the mandalorian which is i think writing and directing certain episodes and anything else that's in production animation wise which he's the head of that none of us have heard about yet uh, so in my perfect world the way the way he teased in the soka sabine uh, buddy search, movie yeah. thing buddy search mm-hmm. in a per- in my perfect world he would do the Ahsoka Sabine hunting for, for Ezra as the Empire collapses around them and starts, you know, forming little warlords and things like that. Where I do Thrawn and Ezra books five years earlier and run Easter eggs back and forth. <laughs> uh but I don't know if he'd be amenable to that, if anybody at Lucas home would be amenable. And I don't run things. So um
0: I would really like the book of Thrawn and Ezra having to learn to work together and Thrawn just being like, okay, let me teach you these things. (laughs) The
1: the way that would work would be Thrawn in my, the way I would do it, is Thrawn would have to convince Ezra there are more dangerous things out here than even the Empire and Palpatine. Anyway, your friends can deal with that problem. You and I are the only ones who can deal with this. And I, I, I see a certain vibe of uh, White Collar, the old TV show, where <laughs> you got the FBI and the con man forger who work very well together but never entirely trust each other. I think you could do a really good dynamic with that. Right. Um, if Baloney ever decides, nah, I'm not going to do anything, I've got a two or three book proposal ready to pitch. It's on my <laughs> computer. Um, but again, all of that is waiting on Baloney. He was way higher in the food chain than I am. Yeah. Um.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the Thrawn book without Thrawn because I I love Thrawn. Don't get me wrong, but he was probably the other characters I found much more interesting in this book. Probably because they just they're so dynamic and they have so many. It's it's it almost seemed like it was a Thrawn book, but he was not the main character?
1: Well, a lot of what I'm doing now is, and a little bit back then, uh, the original trilogy, a lot of it is thrown as the catalyst. Mm-hmm. It's how people re- around him are reacting and, and changing and growing or not growing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he is important, he's the center, but you're right, the others have much bigger character arcs because he is essentially kind of set
0: yeah he can't his his destiny's set at the end of this book yeah. we know what's going to happen
1: yeah and i mean you you get the same thing in the original star wars movies the character arcs the big character arcs are luke and han leia doesn't have much of one because she's already done it she is the anchor she's already made these decisions yes i'm going to risk my my life and my future for this this thing that needs to be done so she is the anchor she doesn't really have a growth because she's already gone through that growth period and she's the one the others move around as they're trying to figure out what they're doing.
0: So, let's talk about Admiral Arlani. Okay. I love her. Um I love that she just is no nonsense and yep. she doesn't brook any fools and she has a good great respect for Thrawn, you can tell but she also is not afraid to question him. Yep. Um
1: they how... yeah, obviously I have a history.
0: Yeah. yeah so, so how what do you how did you go about with that dynamic and like if you can tell us anything about their history and how they how they interacted in the past,
1: uh, the history obviously it was back to the the Chiss ascendancy. What that is, we don't know yet, because uh, I never fill in a map until it's you know time to do that. Um, the, we had interaction in outbound flight. Uh, which, again, is, is a legend now, but that that's where she first got introduced, and that's where that relationship started. So this is really just a continuation of
0: that. And um, one of the sort of themes of the book is seeing how Thrawn is typical of the Chiss, but also in aberration. And we get to see Arlani and the members of her crew to sort of compare and contrast. So yeah. how do you see that sort of dynamic as Thrawn part of his people, but also he, different?
1: He has, I mean, he's in some ways the way Sherlock Holmes is a human being, but has different abilities, different observation, different logical connection type abilities. Um, yeah, they, rec- they just recognize what he is, how he how he functions, they are not necessarily always trusting him because he may take, first of all, he may at some point be wrong, which could be disastrous, but he also may take or want to take the culture where it doesn't want to go. And that's going to be a certain a threat to them. We, we mention in outbound flights, the whole preemptive strike thing that they are totally against, but he recognizes sometimes it's necessary. So they recognize his military ability, but they're not entirely sure he's not a you know, a loose cannon running around uh their their ship.
0: And her and Pharaoh sort of also have to find a working relationship yes. because uh Arlani is skeptical of the Empire, you know, she's not sure if she can trust Pharaoh. Um, you know, Thrawn trusts her obviously, but she still has to sort of s- you know, earn the respect. Yeah. So, how the relationship between the Chiss and the Empire was just very interesting, and I was wondering if you could talk about like what, obviously, at the end of this book, again, not spoiling a lot, but Palpatine has plans as yes. he is wont to do. Yes. Um, what would someone like Arlani think about that? Like, would she want to sort of help work with the Empire? Or is she way more interested in their of the galaxy
1: well the assumption is that the chiss know much more about the grisks and the dangers and the unknown regions than the empire does uh is kind of moving towards building the empire focusing it on that danger the chiss will already know about it so Arlani is going to be thinking we don't know if we can handle this all ourselves but what we've seen in the Empire is not really encouraging. Um, but as as Thrawn pointed out in, in the novel, Thrawn, Palpatine's not going to be in charge forever. Uh, and if he is in a position to help guide the next leadership, we may be able to build the Empire into something that is more uh, honorable, more... Uh, capable less tyrannical as we see from movies and such that doesn't happen (laughs) but it was at the time time period that book is set in it was not an unreasonable assumption
0: right Um, yeah it's
1: like okay we've got this wolf here if we can train this wolf to protect the sheep we're a step up yeah if we can't it was still worth a try
0: And obviously Palpatine is not sort of a let's think about the future. He's more of a burn it all down and start over again. Um, But
1: again, we're working Palpatine because we have Thrawn will have insights and knowledge of the unknown regions and Palpatine is always looking to expand his grasp further. So um, it's a Thrawn and Palpatine understand each other that on some level they're using each other and at the moment we're fine with this if it had gone past Rebels, it would have been interesting to see what happened if that relationship had continued.
0: So we're about halfway through. If you have questions, we can have people start lining up in the center of the room. Um, I have a few more questions I wanted to ask first. So um, if you saw the latest Rise of Skywalker footage out of D23 have you, you have you seen
1: uh, i've seen part of it
0: okay so. there is a shot of a very large group of star destroyers yes. in the mist that instantly made me think of something and i'm sure a you know a whole exactly bunch of other people have noticed
1: it <laughs> hmm it's kind of reminiscent of the katana fleet yes, yes
0: it is um i really hope that there is some sort of lost fleet that they have to go looking for, uh, because I just think that would be awesome, and if, you know, it's not going to happen, but I can have my pipe dream that Thrawn is on. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, because that uh, was that was the first thing that popped into my head. It was, Katana Fleet!
1: <laughs> knowing, knowing all the problems out there, they would not be sitting there if Thrawn had found them. He, they, he would have taught the Chiss how to use. them. Good point. But I like... I'd, if it is something that is not the katana fleet, but obviously somebody is either thinking that direction or we're just doing parallel bots. I can still claim to have done it first, right okay.
0: <laughs> like the like Dooku catching the lightning the yes,
1: yes. Yep. that was that was me first,
0: yep and then one last question we we talked last year, and you've talked a lot about what Thrawn would think of the first order um what about the chiss um they, they they are a force that are still out there. The resistance needs fighters. The First Order wants to expand, and the First Order was in the Unknown region. So who knows if they encountered them? What What do you think that sort of interaction would be if they could end up becoming a player in the this time period? Oh
1: well, that was the other part of the Aralani Eli Chis thing. Possibly run them against the First Order. Uh, that was the, the other, well, it might sell better if it's got the first order in it as well, so.
0: Um. I would buy 50 copies of that book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with, in, with inflation? Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so yes, we'll go start with questions now. Remember, questions have a question and end in a question mark. Okay. <laughs> oh, what have
1: we got? Yep. It's oh,
0: we're, okay, good. Uh, so you've been writing Thrawn for a
1: while almost Uh, 30 years
0: yeah um i was wondering if you could tell us ways in which you've changed as a
1: person over the years that you feel has informed the way that you write the character or you're just perfect right from day one (laughs) not hardly perfect but i mean it's it's a process of the more history i read the more military history these pieces get tossed into the back of my head and they they combine in in different ways and such uh just general life seeing politics in in our world seeing military actions in our world all of this goes into the the, the subconscious grab bag so i'm not conscious of well i i i didn't know about this kind of politics back then but i can put it in now it just as the story flows it will incorporate things that i've learned Life experiences over the last thirty years, so nothing obvious that jumps out at me. just life in general i've I've aged thirty years, and that has to change you at least some so one thing you mentioned in uh a little earlier in the panel is that you write it drawn as being somewhat politically naive in mm-hmm. these books uh to me that seems a little bit different from him in the original trilogy where he seemed much more politically savvy is that just a function of his growth over time um he didn't have to deal with politics in the original trilogy he was the one in charge everybody is obeying his orders he doesn't have the the labyrinth of you know deals and backroom discussions and such uh, all the politics was on the uh, New Republic side that we, they were dealing with. But we don't see Thrawn doing much with politics back then because he is in command. You know, it, as I said, if I ruled the world, this is how it would how be. But in, in reality, I've got to work with Lucasfilm and Disney and, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, his, it, be, I'm sure he'll learn a little bit about politics, but it's mostly he just didn't have to deal with it in the original trilogy. so uh i guess i'm curious as to your involvement with like the audiobook production for your novels like do you ever uh talk with like mark thompson uh as like how he reads the books or like is there any yep. notes you ever or are, you, are you involved the, in that at all? that's that's done completely by random house audio uh and i don't have any input at all okay. um yeah, obviously I've met Mark and we've chatted on various occasions. I really appreciate and love his work. Uh but no, they don't they don't bring me into that process at
0: all. He's very good at Thrawn yeah. though. <laughs> and can we also mention Lars Mikkelsen voicing yes. Thrawn because he's amazing.
1: He's that was the, the inspired voice casting right. because Lars is Danish. English is not his first language. Just like Thrawn, basic is not his first language. Mm -hmm. And Mickelson doesn't have an accent per se, but does, just the cadence is just a little bit off, which is absolutely perfect for Thrawn.
0: Yeah, it was not what I ever pictured or envisioned him sounding like, but as soon as I heard him in the trailer, I was like, oh, that's definitely Thrawn and the way he speaks is very soft so you have yes. to strain to listen to him which I always find is much more powerful than yelling yeah. a lot
1: uh, and, and speaking of the audio uh, Mark had done his own version of Thrawn for the trilogy, the original trilogy after Rebel Season 3 and when with Lars is doing that, Mark has adapted the voice, it was fairly close but he's adapted it to mimic Lars as close, closely as he can so I thought that's a nice touch. Yeah. Very professional. Yes.
0: You've ruled out
1: um, sequels for now because, um, for example, unless the they order, let me the, say the, the they order de- order they, they separated and down. went there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you considered a prequel or a midquel, like for example, Meanwhile on Scylla or Arrow? <laughs> um,
1: that would be doable. The question is whether. It all boils down to what does Del Rey want, and what will Lucasfilm let us do? Um, meanwhile, on still, yeah, that would be an interesting.
0: <laughs> I think there could be an entire trilogy set in the Chiss Ascendancy. They're just—it's so Walf- interesting. Walfron is elsewhere. Yeah, I just—I just find it so inter- that whole society is so interesting.
1: Um, I would like to develop the Chiss Ascendancy more—the politics, military, and all of that. Um... But yeah, that would, again, we get to the question of, will this sell first to to Delray, then to Lucasfilm, and then to the readers without Thrawn in it? And that is something it'd be really hard to judge until you try it. You remember uh, Indiana Jones in The uh, Last Crusade having to jump off onto that ledge? That ledge <laughs> may be there, but we don't know it. And it's, it. I mean... Bear in mind that Del Rey has a certain number of books they can pull out put out per year, Star Wars. They do not want one that sinks like a rock, so i i'm I'm gathering information here. okay, this group of people, yes plus the fifty you're buying
0: yes. <laughs> would would buy the
1: Arani Eli you know chis first order book, but that doesn't help the bean counters to guess what will actually sell right. And a, a midquel, by the way, wouldn't have Eli in it either. So, I mean, half of the the ammunition I've been throwing out with that 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 non-Thron sequel would you've, be gone. You
0: got to have Eli.
1: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to go past it. Uh, but again, it boils down to: without Thrawn, does it work? And there's no way of knowing that until it's tried. And by then, it's too late. Or it's it's right on the money, whichever whichever <laughs> it happens, but we don't know. So, but yeah, um, the longer Felony dithers on what's doing with Thrawn, <laughs> the more likely Delray will get desperate enough to listen to almost anything I pitch to them. <laughs> 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 so I will keep that in mind. Thank you. Thanks. No, really, they like me at Delray, but, you know. Do you think that Thrawn was like, he wanted to be space whale? So he, like that was part of his plan since he saw the rebels growing or whatever uh, no I'm sure that was unexpected I mean, <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things that rebels really did well was they understood how you defeat Thrawn you give him something he can't control or something he can't anticipate uh, none of us anticipated space whales except, <laughs> except Anna who figured that was not a throwaway episode back there oh. in season three uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was properly set up, which I very much appreciate, but it again is nothing Thrawn can anticipate. The cool thing about that is we don't know Purgle capabilities. Can they go faster in hyperspace than our ships? Can they do multi-light year jumps? Because we haven't had those things nailed down, Faloni could take them literally anywhere he wants to anywhere from the far end of the unknown regions to two systems over from lothal and make it work so he's he's given himself a wide open canvas to deal with um so yeah thron would not have anticipated that and therefore that, that wouldn't be part of his plan doesn't mean he can't use it once that happens
0: um, yeah he could he would find uses for yep. those space spaceships <laughs> yeah. i just i just want to see the end of that like where they end up where they are and just thrawn and ezra are just standing there looking at each other like all right what happens now
1: <laughs> well ideally if if i go with the white collar premise <laughs> it'll end with one of them thinking the other one's dead <laughs> and being wrong huh? so i would like to do again you're you, Give Dave Filoni lots of other stuff to do so we can't do this. Yes. Thanks. I'm on board with the prequel
0: for Thrawn. I'm sure you can do way better than. Not so much a Thrawn question because the prequel was the question. But, uh, any
1: any plans to work with David Weber again to finish up? Next- yeah, we've got three more books under contract for The Manticore Ascendant. The fourth book has gotten stalled, first because um, David and his wife had a bunch of medical problems. David overbooks himself. I think he's got seven series running at the moment. Um, he has this tendency to, well, last year just before Dragon Con, he t- tripped over a step and face-planted on a concrete floor, and that made... Because of the, the the injury and the following concussion, it put him at about 10% capacity for about nine months. And then when he does get moving, I have something like Thrawn Treason, which has a hard deadline and I can't do anything more. But my stuff is done for the most part on book four. Uh, his stuff is almost all finished. He needs to talk to Tom Pope about choreographing a fight, a battle, and a couple of other things. And then I will get it. I will put it all together, put it all in my style, do any connective tissue, do any changes that uh, David and Tom have come up with I need to rewrite. Excuse me. Hopefully by the end of this year that'll be done and turned into Bain books. And then we have excuse me, then we have two more uh contract for us. So they're gonna be six of them total. So is that twenty nineteen or like by this time next year? Uh, by this time next year, hopefully. Um, the book will be out by the end of this year, twenty nineteen. I'm hoping to have it to all finished and to Bane. Thanks. Hello. Hello. I you by Thank you. Know, you. I
0: yes. My favorite <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and I think he's a great, and that's saying something. I want to go back to the beginning with you. What was your thought process? Did you draw from like military personalities or like what inspired
1: it for? The first step was when I was offered the Thrawn trilogy, I wanted to do something that felt like Star Wars, fit the Star Wars pattern we'd seen in the movies, but wasn't something George had already done. So that meant right off the bat no Vader type, no Emperor type, no Death Star, no super weapon. A more dangerous villain than Vader is someone who leads by loyalty, because the troops will fight for him, whether he's in the room with them or not. So this is going to be someone the troops are loyal to. What kind of person will that be? Strategic, tactical genius, so they know they're likely to win whatever battle they go into. Uh, Cares enough about the troops and does not get emotionally his ego involved in the battle. If I see I'm losing, pull people out. Don't waste the troops. Pick another time and place. Um, Willing to accept suggestions from subordinates. Again, no ego involved. Uh, Various things of that sort. And then finally, since the emperor didn't seem to have any non humans in his upper echelons, because Lucas had a limited budget, um, make him a non human because if he gets to be a grand admiral, well, he must be something very special, and that's where Thrawn came from. So
0: there was a part in Treason that I really liked was when um, he was asking about the tractor the tractor beams mm-hmm. and the the one. Asking them to analyze their performance. And he's yeah. like, this guy is really good. He should be promoted to this guy. You he should, needs more training. He needs more training rather than just, oh, you know, get rid of him. Yeah. Rather than, okay, he's we, he needs more help.
1: Thrawn does not suffer fools gladly forever. No. But he wants to, I mean, in order to really get him to dismiss you or kill you, you have to be so incompetent, you're affecting everybody around you as well if you are competent, you need more training, you'll work with you. You'll have people work with you.
0: Yeah, there was a line from the original Thrawn trilogy where he said something like, it was the difference between an error and a mistake. Yeah. And I, I always liked that. Yes. So, in this hypothetical <laughs> Hand of Thrawn, part two. When you're focusing on this, how do you think the students are going to react to his actors? Do you think that they're going to take what they learned and try to imitate that
1: directly? Or would you see writing it more as each of the students starts relying on their own, like you said, when you were yeah. talking about the you know, myths mm-hmm. and learning
0: languages, that might be something Eli would be better on. Yeah. I, I would
1: I would run that as these are the now characters who are leading the thing. Arlani has skills and abilities. She'll use them. Eli, Pharaoh if we bring her in. Um, they would not be constantly thinking, you know, how would Thrawn deal with this? They will be recognizing his absence. I wish he was here, but we can deal with this type of type of thing. They would be the ones picking up the the mantle of this is we are the best last best hope so yeah it would there would be references but we wouldn't want to overload them with with someone who's not there these people have capabilities themselves which we've brought out in the books the question would be whether people want to read about their exploits without Thrawn. and again that's the the question yeah yeah, they they would probably at some point. You know, we're all trainees of his on some level. We have a piece of him. That's a good way of putting that. Let's work together. Let's figure this out together. Hello. It's okay. The words. The words will wait until you're ready. Delray uses really good glue to glue, glue the words onto the page.
0: You mentioned earlier in the panel that uh, Thrawn uh, came to the Empire hoping that, well, if I can't work with Palpatine in the long run, he's not going to be around forever. Maybe the system will improve, become less tyrannical. Was there any particular vision he had for the system, in his hopes, and if it continued on as it was, was there any person that he kind of saw as Palpatine's successor, people he hoped to work with, or people he dreamed?
1: I didn't get into any of that detail. We don't have enough information about all the people that he would have run into. There are various military commanders he respects. Um, in alliances, you see he can and will work with Vader. If Vader's still around, I think we can we can work together. Uh, in the words of Monty Python, Krennic is right out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wolf Laren would be somebody else Thrawn could understand and work with. And I, they, they respect each other. Uh, Tarkin. Tarkin, I think Thrawn would see this guy's an idiot on some levels. <laughs> I mean, the first thing you see, you know, sir, we've analyzed our attack and there's a threat. Shall I prepare your shuttle? And his response is, you know, leave in my moment of triumph instead of explain. You know, <laughs> what is this problem? I've thought about that. What would Thrawn have done if he was in Tarkin's place? First thing, tell me what the danger is. Okay, there's this thing here. Grab a TIE fighter, sit it on top of that vent. And that would be really all it would take. I mean, a- assuming assuming we couldn't just warp out and come back in again someplace else. You know, If we've got to do this now, Sit a TIE fighter on it. Let them try to shoot around that, you know. Um, but, but I mean, Thrawn would have found out what the danger is and then reacted to it rather than simply, you know, dismissing it as, of course the rebel scum can't deal with that. Yeah, of course, of course they can, you know. Lucky shots happen all the time in fiction, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, just
0: a question about Of, um, did you ever consider um, the General Rommel uh, in his, his, his style? Very much matches this uh, bond, and his also leadership, uh, the leadership, yeah. the loyalty, matches
1: much. Rommel has come up a lot in conversations. There was no conscious effort to mold him or model him on Rommel and the, the Mo- Rommel Hitler. You know, interaction sort of thing, relationship. Uh, but I had read a lot of military history back in the high school. I read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. That was the first, you know, that thick book I had read probably ever. Um, so a lot of that stuff was back in the in the in in my mind to bring out. Mostly it was thrown as a compilation of all the best military commanders of history, but without their particular blind spots because they all had them. And Rommel was certainly in that mix, but I didn't think of anybody by name. Okay, this is going to be the best military commander ever. And all of that reading I'd done kind of coalesced into him. Are there any other uh, characters from the original Expanded Universe that you have little tricks that you would love to draw them into this
0: new era? Well, there's a red Yeah, I like like this question.
1: (laughs) I will periodically nudge the editor and say, you know, I could do a Mara Jade book. You bring her back into canon. And so far, the the answer has been, Lucasfilm's not interested in that yet. But we will continue to nudge. We will continue to poke periodically. Uh you know the you know at Lucasfilm and Disney they are thinking, Thrawn's pretty popular. What else has this guy done that the fans might like? <laughs> um, that being said, if even if they won't let Mara in, there are some side characters I might be able to slip in at some point. Uh one of my thoughts, I've been talking to Marvel about a six-part original Thrawn story. Um We've been talking for over a year now, something like that. Uh, my agent says he's never known Marvel not to be chaotic and you know, uh, you know uh, not controlled or whatever. So they have not gotten back to me. I have all six parts mapped out. I've got the script for the first part, and it's sitting on somebody's desk at Marvel. And I probably should nudge them again. Last thing I heard was, we'll get back to you in a few weeks. That was three four months ago I did talk to the guy at Celebration they are still enthusiastic about it part of it was they were waiting for uh, Luke Ross the artist on the Thrawn comic adaptation to be available and it's possible that's what they're sitting on that that he's overbooked himself or whatever and is unavailable but as soon as they green light this thing uh, we would do that if that works out well and I don't go crazy working with this this chaos that is Marvel, um, I would probably pitch to them a Hand of Judgment comic. The Five Stormtroopers um, or something with Possuth Talon card. Someone yes. suggested yeah. Someone suggested Talon card running into Dr. Aphra would be... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we will have to see if this comic takes off. If it does, there may be ways of doing other things. If it doesn't, uh, we'll just keep poking Lucasfilm and Del Rey periodically. Again, it all all always boils down to what Del Rey or Marvel want and what Lucasfilm will let them do. Um, you know, ideally, if you know Lucasfilm and Del Rey both want it, then I'm home free. Uh, but it and and bear in mind, Lucasfilm is kind of tied up at the moment. Mentally with this, you know, there's this movie coming out. You got the Mandalorian. You've got uh, other shows. uh, Well, all all the Galaxy's Edge spinoff stuff as well that they're all dealing with. So the hope is after December, after the Skywalker saga is finished, we'll be able to get more attention to other things other than Skywalkers. And at that point, we will poke them again and see what they're willing to, to let me do. Uh, but until then, it's kind of treading water. <laughs> Frankly, I'm sure Lucasfilm listens more to the fans than they do to the authors. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> just don't
0: tell them I sent you. Or- <laughs> All right, and this will be our last question for the panel. Uh, uh, Hi. I was wondering if there
1: were any interesting plot points or characters. No, pretty much I did everything, got everything into these three books that I wanted to. So I would like to end with one, just one thing. Uh, people have wondered, I and mean, you, you all, a lot of you like Admiral Arlani, right? Well, her origin is a young young lady we met at a convention who was cosplaying Thrawn, who after we got to know her, commented that. It'd be nice if I did female chiss, you know, so she could breathe, you know, in the outfit and things like that, and so that was the origin of Aralani, Ara Rosalani. Just this is she actually exists.
0: Thank you all so for coming. We don't make these
1: things up always out of whole cloth. Sometimes <laughs> we have really good models to, to work from.
0: And we have the dog, Mara Jado down here. <laughs> yes. The emperor's paw. <laughs> right. Nice. So thank you all for coming. Uh, give Tim another yeah. round of applause. Thank you, all. Thank you so much.